What's up? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneakers Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gray. And this week, we're going to look at the social status of sneakers. Subconsciously, you may be aware of it, and it may be how you are judging individuals. And you may have seen the evolution over time, but never really noticed it. In addition, we'll cover upcoming releases and talk about the recent Warren Lotus dunk that lit the internet on fire. But before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that Keeping Stock is a weekly sneaker podcast providing you with a rundown on modern sneaker culture, upcoming releases from your favorite brands, sneaker history, financial analysis, guests, and more in fast-paced 20 to 30-minute podcast episodes. So if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a rating and follow on your favorite platform, and let's get into it. Pineapples, white collars, tulips, board games, yachts, and chauffeurs all have one thing in common, and that's they're all status symbols. The reason why I found this topic is I found that list on a very odd random list on the internet, did my research and it turned out to be true, such as how black teeth used to be a status symbol and show that you had the wealth to buy sugar. Obviously, white collars today is a great job, but back then it meant that you weren't getting your hands dirty, you weren't working manual labor. You had the privilege of not having to do that work and be in a clean white collar. And status symbols change over time. To me, status symbols don't really mean anything. To you, they may mean something else. It may be how you're judging an individual. But to me, I've never really gawked over someone in a certain status symbol or what they own or what they're portraying. But as sneakers continue to grow, we're seeing the status symbols and the social status of sneakers rise faster than ever. In a study by the University of Kansas, they found that 90% of people judge a stranger's personality by their shoes and solely their shoes. So 9 out of 10 people will see an individual walking down the street, in the mall, at a sporting event, and see a stranger and not judge them by maybe their t-shirt or their attire, but strictly by their shoes, as that's their first thing they notice. And as someone in the sneaker community, the sneaker culture, what you may call it, we all are aware of that's how we look at things as well. Everyone knows the sneaker look that you're looking at shoes first and then the person. I think I learned that over time while I was working in retail, understanding the customer and what they were going after. But as you progress and you're more and more into and ingrained into the culture, you're looking at these sneakers and judging what their likes may be, what their interests may be, how they treat their shoes, how they're taking care of their shoes. And maybe that surmises how that individual is taking care of their own life and maybe it alludes to their personality. But 90%, 9 out of 10, is a phenomenal number. I would love to see what that one person was judging a personality by. Maybe it was actually by having a conversation. And that's how it should be. You shouldn't be judging people by if they're wearing the hottest Jordan or the hottest Yeezy or an Under Armour silhouette. Or they're wearing something from Payless. That shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But in a society that we are built on these status symbols, that's how people are judging. Further, in shoes as a first impression, that study showed that minimal appearance cues can accurately judge others' personalities, their status, and politics. So, in that study, they also just went off of shoes in a variety of pictures, a variety of different conditions, and the subjects of that were able to accurately predict someone's personality type, their status, 
and even their politics, which I found interesting. And maybe that's relating if they're wearing a more street-based shoe or athletic shoe as opposed to a more professional loafer or dress shoe. They're engaging in those politics. Status. Maybe they're looking at how they take care of their shoes. Are they clean? Are they dirty? Do they look unique? Do they have expensive materials? Are they coordinated with maybe the sock they're wearing or the, the pant they're wearing? How does that, all of that look? And now all of those factors are playing through your mind, which is crazy to think about sneakers because to me, I'm just putting on sneakers because I personally like them. But expanding further on that, you're picking sneakers that you like that relate to your style, which may be formed by your habits and your interests, right? I'm a big basketball fan and I pick athletic sneakers from athletic players that I enjoy I like watching, so Jordans, Nike, some Adidas here and there. But if you're more into the country club and golf, maybe you are wearing more loafers or low-profile dress shoe or Allbirds, whatever that may be, and that's reflecting your style. And so it's easy to see that sneakers are a status symbol. People are being judged on their sneakers. People are wasting money on sneakers to look like a certain status. We've all seen it on Instagram, people flexing when realistically they're sharing an apartment with five other people. They are sinking in debt, but they're buying the Nike Air Yeezy 2 to look like a certain subset of people. And there's no knock to doing that. It's just how far the sneaker game has changed where people are trying to flex by buying expensive shoes because that's associated with being a certain symbol or certain status or class in American and international society. And a status symbol essentially over time has been people paying ridiculous amounts of money to be in a certain group. So people paying absurd amount for pieces of art or home or real estate or a yacht, chauffeurs. As I went back to Tulips, the Dutch East India Company, People are spending absurd amount of money and trading absurd things because there's no way they can get to that tulip without traveling. So they're paying people who are bringing it to them and had the demand, little supply. So if you owned a tulip, then you were of a certain class. The same you could say goes for sneakers. Sneakers are hitting that mainstream more so than ever. We've talked about it in the past, but Sneakers are everywhere now. Five years ago, maybe not so much, but every week we're seeing more and more photos of people you wouldn't assume to be into the sneaker hobby or going after these shoes or paying those prices are picking them up from preachers at churches. If you follow preacher sneakers on Instagram, you'll see that there and they're wearing Yeezys, Unions, all of the hype releases as possible. You're seeing CEOs and businessmen wearing these and going after these releases. You're even seeing elderly people at the grocery store caught in what could be real Yeezys or they're going after knockoffs or fakes because they've seen them so much. I mean, Kanye and the Yeezy brand are at the apex of sneakers, like it or not. Everyone knows about it. And that's what Kanye tried to do. And that's a certain symbol or status. Once you own a pair of Yeezys and you're sharing that on Instagram, or you're looking to see if other people are looking at your feet. And that's how they're working as that status symbol. So much so that sneakers have surpassed handbags in the luxury market. People are paying now with the resale market out there or the crazy high luxury 
sneakers such as Balenciaga starting at $900, that people are spending more on shoes than they were on handbags and accessories in the past. And this may be due to millennials and Gen Z driving this trend. And to clarify, millennials born in 1981 through 1996, Gen Z born 1996 to about 2015, so early Gen Z. And it's odd when I was looking into this, it's because millennials and Gen Z are focusing on comfort and feel of a sneaker as opposed to strictly just looks. So dress shoes can be comfortable, but most cases they can hurt your feet or if you're going after, you know, you're a female and you're going after a certain type of shoe in the workplace, could be uncomfortable for long hours of the day. So we've pivoted to this culture that's very business casual, athleisure, and is being promoted heavily by Silicon Valley in the Bay Area and all their young CEOs going to these interviews, conferences, wearing business casual attire, all birds, low profile dress sneakers, as opposed to traditional dress shoes. Even in my workplace, I'm allowed to wear sneakers in the office, and we're pivoted to always being business casual. It's the way it's moving. We've moved far away from suits and white, traditional white-collar gigs all throughout America to more business casual comfort living. And as this new category of athleisure arises, more and more people are trying to find shoes that fit their style, the colorways they want to, what they're seeing their favorite celebrities or actors wearing. And that's because footwear is always represented something more than just sneakers. You have to think, when Converse first came out, outside of basketball, it got adopted heavily by the punk and rebel scene and musicians as a status symbol. They were wearing and going against the grain of dress shoes. They were wearing the Converse and the Keds at that time. You look at Doc Martens, heavily punk-influenced footwear now and taken over by that subculture. Or the Black Air Force One and what we now subliminally align with trouble or interesting strategies and ways of doing things to say the least. Further, you look at how that progressed over time to where media grows, your actors are getting footwear deals or seen in footwear that is inspiring their fans, celebrities. And you for sneakers, you look at that first core outside of a few hip hop MCs was drug dealers. There is many notable sneaker collectors in the game who say their inspiration to get fresh and clean sneakers was because that's what the drug dealers are wearing. That's what the dudes with money on the corner were wearing at the time. And they wanted to be like that. They wanted to look like they had money. They like wanted to look like they were in that crowd. And that's what other individuals were looking at because that's how the drug dealers ran and how they dressed during the 80s and the 90s. And then Along with the 80s, you get the foundation of modern sneaker culture with Air Jordan and the Jordan 1 and signature athletes growing over time. You can see how these symbols are compounding and growing and growing to where we are today. Then that's accelerated by internet culture. As I touched on earlier, people are flexing on Instagram to be in that status. It's keeping up with the Joneses everywhere, so to speak. Everyone wants to be in the sneaker community. If you're wearing a knockoff or you're wearing a non-retro or a non-signature shoe and you're posting, you're going to get flamed for that. If you're caught wearing fakes, the internet's going to never let you forget about that. We've seen it 
on a ton of celebrities and actors' profiles. You look at what Kylie Jenner is doing now, getting into the sneaker scene to be part of that status, and it's elevated the dunk game further. What Travis did elevated the dunk game because everyone wants to be associated with that culture and what their influencers and celebrities are wearing. Further, the internet is giving things status among word of mouth. Now everything has to have a nickname. Back in the day, if I said, oh, I want a red and white Jordan, that could have meant a plethora of things. Today, if I say I want the Chicago Jordan 1, you know what I'm talking about. And now it's elevated from just some color description to a certain model and a certain status associated with certain events. Sneakers weren't having those nicknames before. Now on every single release, you're getting some sort of nickname with a sneaker. It's essentially like someone going from a nobody at their local grocery store to the president of the United States or something like that. They're given and elevated the status by the title it's given. And that's how what sneakers thrive on. That's how we identify sneakers and we go through these sneaker releases on the podcast is by the names they're given. It's not no longer just colorways of, I want a black and red Jordan 1 or I want a dark green and volt LeBron. All of those things have nicknames from the band or the bread to the dunk man LeBron, whatever it is. You know what it is because we've elevated a status with these nicknames. And at the end of the day, does it matter if they're status symbols? No, because what I'm always going to do is buy what I like. And I hope you're doing the same. People may identify you because, wow, that's a rare shoe. I see you have the Travis Scott Jordan 1s or I see you have the Cork LeBrons. Those are really cool. Or some people may go, oh, those are overrated. That dude's a hype beast. Another status. No one really likes those. He just bought those to be in the culture. Whatever it is, it's all wasteful. Sneakers are just a hobby that you should enjoy. You should buy what you like. Sneakers aren't going to allow you to get into a certain club. They aren't going to open a special door for you. They might start a conversation, but once a conversation started, it's you that takes that further and not the shoes. Let me know what your thoughts on sneakers as a status symbol and the social status of sneakers. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to look at upcoming releases and some cool content from this week. Take a minute. Just look down at the shoes you're wearing right now, or the shoes your favorite NBA player is wearing, or the brand that sponsors your favorite college football team. Sneakers and the business that they're a part of matter, and you didn't even know it. The Kicks You Wear newsletter dives deep into the footwear and sneaker industry covering subjects ranging from trending sneaker topics company finances and expectations, industry commentary, and more. But the best part of the community you join. The Kicks You Wear newsletter hosts a weekly thread seeking your opinions, stories, and conversation around a specified question of the week. Further, show off a photograph of your sneaker of the week in the Twitter chat on Thursdays for the hashtag KicksWeWear section of the newsletter. And did I mention that there's two newsletters a week? So make sure to visit kyw.substack.com or visit the link in the show notes below to dive into all things sneakers every Monday and Friday with a Kicks You Wear newsletter by Mike Sykes. All right, let's talk about Warren Lotus and the recent dunk drop that he did that lit the fire on the internet. Essentially what he's doing is he's taking the famous Nike Dunk silhouette and changing that with his logo, the Jason mask in the shape of a Nike swoosh, and put it on 
that silhouette that he sourced materials from and very similarly copied the shape of the Nike Dunk, SB Dunk. And this one was with Jeff Staples staple and did the Pigeon Dunk, which is a classic, a cult classic. What really brought sneakers in that first blip into the mainstream. And people were upset. People didn't care. People were happy because of this. And he's done it in the past where at this point you have to ask, what is it? Is it a bootleg? Is it counterfeit? Is it a replica? And I think Nick Inval of Sneaker History and the Sneaker History podcast did a great post on this where he summarized it down to where it's happened forever. You look at what Bape was doing and they were just simply changing the Air Force One. We've seen it in a variety of other areas and where it's he boiled it down to he doesn't mind customs to an extent, but would rather it be his own inspiration, his own design, and his own motive going into the shoe. And I agree with that wholeheartedly, as opposed to essentially just changing one element of a shoe. And that's where a lot of people saw the problem was they aren't necessarily mad at the Nike SB Dunk ripoff. They're mad that Warren Lotus is going through the time and going through all of these hoops to make a direct knockoff of a cult classic. And he's using premium materials and everything to sell the shoe. But is it really truly his design or something different as opposed to the old phrase of if I give you my homework just do something a little different and he just changed the name on it by changing the swoosh and that's the way I feel I think I'm fine with custom sneakers and colorways and people painting them the way they'd like to shout out to Malcolm Garrett a guest on the podcast a while ago who does fabulous colorways on Jordan models and silhouettes I think it gets to the point though where if someone is directly and purposely buying counterfeit shoes to fit into that status that we talked about earlier is where I find a little bit of an issue because you're trying hard now at this point to be something you're not. You're buying a knockoff good to look like you're part of this group that you want to be of. But that's a personal preference for me. If I can't get the shoe legit, then I'm just going to move on. It's just a shoe at the end of the day. No one really cares. But Some people are just really mad and are asking, why isn't Nike shutting this down or why aren't brands shutting these down? At the end of the day, Nike's already sold its pigeon and staple dunk in the past and continues to sell these dunks. This Warren Lotus dunk is going to help its marketing for people who are looking more for legitimate dunks. If they would have, they would have gone after him at his first release or his third release. But at this point, they don't really care. They've made their money and they're going to continue to make money. And at the end of the day, it just brings more awareness to the Nike SB Dunk that everyone's showing pictures and comparing to. In terms of Warren's brand, how does this affect it going forward? I don't know, it'll probably be pretty neutral. People who were never able to get that Pigeon Dunk in the past may have got something very similar. Some people who are mainly mad now may have never wanted the shoe or just mad to be mad. That's the internet. So to me, I'm neutral. I'm not going to go after it. I'm going to go after legit pairs, but it's really up to you and your preferences. Then they get the shoe that you like, that's for you, and wear it. With all that being said, let's hop into upcoming sneaker releases for the week of October 4th through October 10th. So first we have the Nike Air Raid in black and gray coming back. Classic colorway, heavy duty, 
multiple sport, crisscrossing straps, rugged, classic silhouette for $140 coming out on October 8th. We get the Nike Drifter Gator ISPA Black Coastal Blue in Summit White. This looks like a a wonky shoe, to say the least. Uh, That comes out on the 8th. We get the Nike LeBron 18 James Gang. I think I need to buy a LeBron 17. I really like it, and I haven't pulled the trigger, but I've enticed every photo I see, so I need to look to see if those are on discount before they go out. We get the Nike Adapt Automax Fireberry on the 9th of October as well, followed by the Jordan 5 Grade School Pink Foam, which has a red midsole, white upper, red interior around the ankle. Then on the 10th, we get the Air Jordan 3 Varsity Royal. Think of the, was it the Varsity Red? threes that came out all-star weekend or chicago red or i can't remember what it was but switch the red for blue uh, once again for me pass i'm just going to wait for the white cements to come out hopefully that's soon with the amount of colorways they're they're pumping out here and there we get the air Jordan 4 psg which is a cool colorway a uh, wide upper with kind of the merlot hits throughout the shoe for the psg soccer club that jordan's been sponsor i've been working with over the past two years now we also get a Jordan Zoom 2 PSG and a Jordan Zoom Renegade. And that'll do it for the upcoming releases of October 4th through October 10th. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I look forward to hearing what your thoughts are on the social status of sneakers, what Warren Lotus and his dunk project means to you or how you felt about it, or if you're going after any releases. As always, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys next week.